Hey guys, it's Pharmacist VN. Welcome to the show. Today's topic is going to be on constipation in particular, slow tract constipation or STC. Um, before I jump right into it, make sure uh, if you're not already following me, show us some love guys by following me on Facebook at Pharmacist VN, one word, Pharmacist VN. Um, I'm also on Instagram by the same handle. And also follow the pharmacy page at Canterbury Late Night Pharmacy. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Right, getting into the show. Now the reason for this podcast today is because a young lady was suffering STC or a slow track constipation for five years. Hold up, you're saying. What's a slow tract? Okay, so it's when you can't shit. A simple test is what you eat generally exits your body within two days. Now, if it takes three or more days to pass, you've got a slow gut. Now, here's a caveat. This must be an ongoing condition of more than six months plus. Now, your normal will be different to my normal. You know, I might go three times a day. You might go every three days. Everyone's a little bit different. Who cares, I hear you shout. Well, you're right. You're probably more concerned about the bloating, the nausea, the stomach pain. But please, people, let me drop some knowledge. The technical term for it, for it is when your colonic transit time, or CTT, is greater than 48 hours, as measured by swallowing a radioactive dye and seeing how long it passes through. That's passing through from mouth to anus. In case you're wondering. For patients with STC, laxatives don't work well and neither does more fibre in the diet. Now about 1 in 10 people with constipation will suffer the type known as a slow track. There are the other kind of constipation is where there are obstructions. Now I shouldn't laugh here but it sounds kind of funky. Rectal obstructions. <laughs> now why does this even happen? It is because you eat is it because you eat a shit diet? I don't know. I went in hunt of the answers. And a couple of reasons I came across was, oh, there's a word again, obstructions. Maybe there's a prolapse of the rectum. In fact, as about literally five minutes before recording this podcast, I had a customer come in for uh, some suppositories for his wife who had just undergone surgery because she had had a prolapse of the rectum. So there you go, guys. It's no laughing matter. It does happen. Reason number two, it could be a slow colon. You know, the muscles in the in the gut are a bit sluggish. Reason number three, it could be IBS or also better known as sorry, irritable bowel syndrome, better known as IBS. Reason number four it could be psychological stress. Did you know that there are more serotonin receptors in your gut than in your brain? True story. Look it up. So when you have a lot of stress, not only is it in the brain, but also in your stomach. Have you ever heard the, t- the term, I've got butterflies? Well, that's that weird, squeamish feeling you get. Where? Is it in your brain? No, it's in your stomach. Same, serotonin, same neurotransmitter, but different receptor location. Alright, reason number five. It could be the nerves. There's something wrong with the nerves. The nerves are not... Uh, they're sort of numb, they're dormant, they're not active. So STC 
can be confirmed by doing a nuclear transit study. Basically, you swallow some radioactive barium and monitor its progress from mouth to anus. Fun days. Another method is the popular Wexman questionnaire, which asks about six different questions like how often you go, how much pain level you, you experience when you shit, do you go fully or halfway, is there any pain in the stomach, how long does it take to shit, how much help did you need to take a shit, are you taking laxative, how long have you been constipated, how many unsuccessful attempts have you had at pooping. Alright guys, so that's podcast number one. Make sure you tune in to the next part of the podcast where I talk about clinical trials. Okay guys, chat soon. Alright guys, welcome back to the Constipation Podcast. This is part two. If you haven't already listened to part one, I highly recommend you do so so you get a bit of background information to today's topic. So part two, I'm going to talk about the clinical trials. Now, before we that some of these experiments will sound very wacky, like real whacked, even poop kind of whacked, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's start with the more acceptable studies done today. Alright, three entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial scientists stuck electrodes to children, children's belly buttons and found that after six months, with one hour of stimulation done daily, the kids started pooping more. Now, gosh, hardly exciting to be hooked up to some electrodes when you just want to go play in the sandpit, right? Another group in Britain did a similar thing and found no benefit. Mind you, they were sticking the electrodes to the sole of the feet. Kind of sounds far-fetched. We're trying to fix something at the buttocks, not the feet. But if you look at the nerve path, it does seem to converge at the spinal cord level. Hmm, some food for thought there. An Australian bunch did a similar thing but placed the electrode pads on the tailbone area and found this to be somewhat effective. The real issue is the effect didn't last too long after stopping therapy. <clears throat> By now you're probably thinking, gosh, scientists sure like to zap things. First Pavlov's dogs and now kids. Now rest assured, things get really whacked now. <clears throat> Alright, so the whacked research. Fecal micro, FMT, fecal microbiota transplantation. The process of donating someone else's poop and putting it into your stomach. What the fuck? Yep. So the pr- <laughs> this is what happens, guys. So there would be a donor who would rock up on the day of the experiment, dump a shit, and then scientists would whiz it up in a blender, pump it via nas- nasal tube into into actual patients. That shit crazy. And if you're wondering, the amount of shit used was 100 grams, you got a pen ready? 100 grams blended in 500 mils of saline. That's half a litre of brown stuff. Not surprisingly, side effects included venting, nausea, abdominal pain, and diarrhea. What's venting, I hear you say? I had to look into it, and it says here, a vent is an opening, such as one that discharges pus, like the anus. Hmm. An opening permitting the escape of fumes, liquid, gas, or steam. Oh, steam. Fun times. So, the verdict of all this poop business? About a 30% improvement. An increase in the number twos, softer ship, faster transit times. Now, 
this isn't the bus timetable, but the time it takes for someone to pass feces from beginning to end, mouth to anus. Alright guys, join me in the next part of the podcast where I'm going to talk about how this relates to the average Joe and the importance of probiotics. I'm going to elaborate on the importance of probiotics. So make sure you follow up. Alright guys, tune in. And if you're not already following me, uh, follow me on Facebook and Instagram. The handle is at PharmacistVN. Alright guys, tune in soon. Alright, welcome to part three of the podcast on constipation. And you're joining Pharmacist VN here, who, uh, which is myself, sorry <laughs> for confusing you guys. And in this podcast, I'm going to talk about what the average Joe can do about constipation and the role of probiotics. Okay, so what's the average Joe to do when he listens to all of this? Well, basically, if you want to avoid constipation, sure you actually drink water each day. Have fiber in your diet from sources like fruits and vegetables and Add a yogurt to your routine, as this has been shown to help gut motility. Now on the topic of yogurt, we all know that yogurt contains beneficial bacteria called probiotics. Well, China, Chinese scientists are pumping real, interesting, pumping real interesting research on this area. Excuse the pun, pumping. In fact, at the time of writing my notes, I had a eureka moment. Lots of laxatives are exported to China every single day. Now if you work in pharmacy like I do, you'll notice this too. Things like Nulax, so like hotcakes. Could it be something in the water? Another topic for another podcast, no doubt. So how do these critters affect us? I'm talking probiotics. Now one example from the research by these Chinese scientists are the group called, or belonging to the group called methanogens from the root word methane. These methanogens are elevated in those with hard or rock hard stools and have been correlated with farting. Well, true enough, as we all learned in science lab back in year 7 or 8, that methane gas is that is part of the gas that's found in, you know, fart along with other gases like sulfur and so forth. Alright, so another benefit of probiotics are the byproducts of probiotics. What I mean by that is probiotic bacteria actually produce stuff when they live in our stomachs. They eat and they poop out and they produce byproducts and two of these byproducts include short-chain fatty acids and bile acids. Now both have been shown to stimulate receptors in our gut, in particular serotonin receptors, which are responsible for muscle contractions. Sounds great. Well it is great because if we get muscle contractions we're going to get bowel movements. So how do we get more of these short-chain fatty acids, you say? Have more fiber. That's right. Uh, For the case of short-chain fatty acids, eat more fiber and which provides food for the bacteria. In fact, fiber is also known as a prebiotic. It's the food for the probiotic. And in the case of bile acids, have more healthy fats because bile acids are produced from cholesterol and cholesterol comes from fats in our diet. 
things like sa salmon and sardines and almonds and nuts, other nuts. Oh, it sounds like a healthy, balanced diet to me, doesn't it? Well, it is. Um, now, here's a fun, fun aspect of some of this research. Um, a group of people decided that it would be fun to uh, take the poop of some chemically induced constipated rats, take their poop and pump it into some healthy rats and see what would happen. Well, surprise, surprise, the healthy rats became constipated themselves. So there you go, there's some sort of link going on here between uh, the bacteria or the feces of fat uh, constipated rats and, and maybe it's implicated. We don't know for sure, but it seems to be correlated. Alright guys, I'm going to pause the podcast here because there's a five minute limit to each podcast section. And I will continue in the next section uh, where we cover just one more aspect of some of these trials and then move on to the conclusion. Alright guys, if you're, always, if you're not already following, make sure you follow me at PharmacistPN on Instagram and Facebook. Alright guys, welcome back to part 4 of the podcast and you're here with myself, Pharmacist VN and today we're talking constipation. If you're not already following me on Facebook and Instagram, the handle is Pharmacist VN. One word, very simple. Alright, so in the final part of this podcast we talk about uh, some further research done on nerves in the gut and uh, scientists perhaps think that it might be the, de the degeneration of nerves in the gut that is responsible for slow track constipation or STC. It's kind of like a neurodegenerative disease like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's possibly, possibly. Um, again, a third group of Chinese researchers took biopsies of people's lower guts and examined it under a powerful electron microscope. And in one 69-year-old woman, they found that her nerves had shriveled up into what's known as a vacuole. And it's possibly why she's had to take laxatives for the past six years. They reckon that the same nerves that can be damaged during childbirth are the ones damaged in this 69-year-old. So very interesting areas of research uh, for this seemingly benign topic constipation. So to close off this podcast I'd like to return to our original customers anxieties and would like to say to say to her that this condition is a rare one and it isn't something to laugh about either. That's not to say that it's something to laugh about either. It's quite debilitating, it affects one's social life, it causes much psychological and physical distress. To this friend I would say that getting a good doctor on your side, one who is willing to try different approaches is the key to this riddle, very key. As there are a lot of doctors out there who would just shrug this off into the too hard basket. Now for the average person, the key takeaways are to eat a diet filled with fiber, healthy fat along with fermented foods that are high in probiotics like yogurt, kimchi, pickles, kombucha, etc. Et As I mentioned earlier, the probiotics 
into fiber to produce beneficial short-chain fatty acids and bile acids which promote regular bowel movement. Now how many times have you heard this said? Heaps times I bet. Well now you have the science to back it up. So eat healthy, enjoy. Okay, before you head off, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please, please leave me a comment. Pass it on to a friend who may benefit. Show me some of your love. Alright guys, take care and enjoy your weekend off.